Hey, Ashley. Hey, Nicole. Welcome, everyone, to the next episode of Music Monday. We will be talking about Easter today, and I'm so excited. To get us kicked off, I want to ask you, Ashley, uh, what was your favorite thing about Easter as a child? Um, I would probably say my grandma's deviled eggs. Oh, yeah. um, it was mostly just like mayonnaise, and mm-hmm. it was great. Yep. <laughs> what about you? Oh, I would also say food. Yeah, and my grandma's house, my dad's mom, um, I she was a church piano player, and we would have these elaborate meals right after church, mm. almost every Sunday. And for the life of me, I, I can't understand. It was such a science. I don't know how she got back and served like 20 people Sunday lunch. But <laughs> Easter was just, you know, hot rolls and, and barbecue. And I don't, yeah, and just everyone being together and... Yeah, that's it. Family. Family and good food and um, precious memories. So, Um, okay, for Easter, Ashley, this episode, we are each going to share three songs about resurrection um, and talk about those. So put uh, some more bones to that, how this is going to go. Yeah, so um, the focus is resurrection, which is kind of Brad. Obviously, as Christians, the resurrection we celebrate on Easter Sunday is a big deal the biggest deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Easter is one of our holiest days. We decorate the cross with flowers. We sing celebratory songs, all the things. Um, But our question for today is how do we sustain this miracle in our lives? I mean, how Mm -hmm. do we practice resurrection in our daily lives? What does it mean to be resurrection people? So that's where we're, that's where our head's at. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm thrilled about this episode. I, I, as I was like reviewing my notes, I just thought this is going to be really sweet conversation. So uh, I'll get us kicked off. All right. Um, this is, okay, so my first song is Light of a Clear Blue Morning by none other than Dolly Parton. <laughs> Dolly, it's the first time that we've done a Dolly song, which is kind of surprising to me. Yeah. So Light of a Clear Blue Morning is a song written and recorded by Dolly. The first song, or I'm sorry, the song first appeared on her 1977 New Harvest First Gathering album and provided a top 20 country music hit for her as a single. As Parton has told interviewers over the years, the song came out of the pain from her break with longtime musical and business partner Porter Wagner. So before I get into Light of a Clear Blue Morning, I want to talk a little bit about Dolly and Porter Wagner, because who doesn't love some good Dolly trivia? This was like really interesting to me. So Porter Wagner gave Dolly a chance on the Porter Wagner show out of Nashville when she wasn't a household name. In fact, on the show, they called her Norma Jean. She and Wagner would sing duets together and they'd have on guest musicians. It was like a variety show of sorts that ran from 1960 to 1981. Parton left Wagner's show in 1974 after being with him for seven years. She wanted to aim her career in a more mainstream pop direction. Wagner responded by taking legal action. So Dolly, get this, ended up communicating with him the best way she could. She wrote a song and sang it to him. The song was, I Will Always Love You. Oh my gosh. Uh Uh-huh. So Whitney Houston would later record it and it would be the top grossing song by a female vocalist of all time. So like hand Dolly conflict and like watch her just, you know, run with it. I just love that in response to being sued by this guy, she was like, sit down, shut up and listen to the best song you'll ever hear in your lifetime. (laughs) 
oh, and I do love you, but I'm doing it my way. Bye. So she said about the relationship, it was a love-hate relationship. We fought like cats and dogs. We were both very passionate people. And there was just no way that I wasn't going to do what I was going to do. So according to the 1978 biography Dolly, Light of a Clear Blue Morning was written as Parton felt the figurative clouds lifting as she began to finally see the rewards of prioritizing her own wants for her career. So Light of a Clear Blue Morning has been covered several times. One of the most fun was Miley Cyrus cover on Saturday Night Live on May 8th, 2021. So this was a special Mother's Day tribute. And if any of you out there are familiar with Miley's Hannah Montana Disney TV show, Dolly Parton played her godmother. So uh, Miley's performance of this song was not only a tribute to her own mom, but also a wave to the sweet place Dolly holds in her life on TV and in real time. They're pals. So very sweet. Um, My favorite cover of this song is by the Waylon Jennings. Not to be confused with Waylon Jennings. The (laughs) Waylon Jennings. It's a trio of incredible female vocalists. This group consists of soprano Ruth Moody, mezzo Nikki Mata, and alto Heather Mass. Starting as a happy accident of solo singer-songwriters getting together for a one-time only performance at a tiny guitar shop in uh, Winnipeg, the Wayland Jennies have grown over the years into one of today's most beloved international folk acts. Mm-hmm. So I really encourage you all. I just introduced Ashley to this cover and it's, you know, rocked her world. So um, <laughs> I really encourage you to listen to it. We'll put it in the pod. I'm sorry, in the playlist for this episode, but Uh, I have a special place in my heart for this song because I recorded my own cover at the beginning of COVID-19. It was early April and we were all still like wiping down our groceries and wondering (laughs) if if we could ever hug each other again. I was six months pregnant and I remember being so unsure about like what world I was bringing my first baby into. And the first verse of the song goes, it's been a long dark night and I've been waiting for the morning. It's been a long, hard fight but I can see a brand new day dawning. I've been looking for the sunshine. I ain't seen it in so long, but everything's going to work out just fine. Everything's going to be all right. That's been all wrong. Mm. The theme of a new morning or new light is consistent through all the songs I've chosen for this episode that after what seems like the longest, darkest night, the faithfulness of the sunrise greets our tired faces again and warms us up body and soul, reminds us that life is for living. And to me, that's resurrection, practicing resurrection. Uh, The chorus says, because I can see the light of a clear blue morning. I can see the light of a brand new day. A new day is here and we get to begin again. And as we know, April of 2020 was just the start of what has been a winding road through this pandemic. Um, But I have returned to this song countless times to remind me that there is hope that the sun will rise And just as we can count on this to happen, we can count on God's love to surround and sustain us and offer us a new morning over and over. That's my first song pick. I love it. Yeah. And doesn't it say like over and over again, um, everything's going to be all right. It'll be okay. Uh Uh-huh. It's just like a prayer. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And even when you don't believe it, it's just, it's nice to hear somebody say it over and over. You know, I think that's why I listen to that song so much. It's like... Okay, Waylon Jennings, Jennings, you know, if okay, Dolly Parton, if you believe <laughs> this, I, I trust you. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Right, Ashley, what's your pick? So for my song choices this month, I have focused on the idea that resurrection is not the same thing as healing. Hmm. Um, for resurrection to happen, death necessarily has to occur. 
So it's not a miracle that prevents death, but follows it. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I was thinking, how do we live into this distinction as Christians? How do we let what is buried and in a state of natural decay give way to new life and hope? Um, So my first song is Heaven is Everywhere by Johnny Swim. Yeah. Yeah. So Heaven is Everywhere is a new er, is the new song from the upcoming self-titled album from Johnny Swim, the married duo comprised of Abner Ramirez and Amanda Sudano Ramirez. So the group formed in 2008 and Abner and Amanda wed in 2009. Um, I think I've mentioned this before, but Amanda is the daughter of songwriter Bruce Sudano and singer Donna Summer. Um, I've loved their music for a while. I mean, their songs on marriage feel so poignant and spot on. Um, you probably need, or, you know, many people might know them from the theme song of Fixer Upper. Um, they sing home, but I love their songs, especially on their new or on their most recent album, complete album. Um, they have a song called long gone and it's like a love you till I die song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's talking about like being buried together. Like their love is so strong that they'll like decompose together, which I know doesn't sound eloquent, but <laughs> the song is so beautiful. <laughs> And then they also have a song called Villains, and it's about how they villainize each other in arguments. Wow. And it's really catchy and just, it's really relatable in an intimate way. Mm. Um, And they say on their website that their music moves as the couple's life does, scrapbooking unforgettable experiences in melody, like an eternal keepsake of their relationship. Wow. I know. I'm so intrigued. I mean, I I know them kind of, but in my mind, their music's kind of lighthearted and poppy. I had no idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, If you feel feel a little bit like a voyeur at times listening to their music, Um, but also like, oh, someone else feels this way, you know? So um, anyway, their newest song, Heaven is Everywhere, is an affirmation of life's beauty. And to me, it's a symbol of the inbreaking of hope and love and the reign of God. So the chorus is really simple. It says, oh, look at us dancing. We don't need all the answers. Don't need them. Heaven is everywhere. Can't you feel it? And it repeats heaven is everywhere like a lot in the song. It's like a 1990s worship song in a way. And Abner says that the song came to him where all good ideas come in the shower. (laughs) And he shared in a press release that for him, the song is a reminder to step away from the obsession with right and wrong and certainty and instead turn toward the experience of beauty in this life. And in this turning toward beauty, we find that heaven is everywhere. So when I think about resurrection stories, I think about the women going early in the morning, perhaps admiring the flowers in their profound grief and encountering a man who they think is the gardener outside the tomb. And I think of Mary, distraught after seeing her Lord crucified, unable to see who is standing right in front of her until he says her name. Mm. And I think of the sputtering disbelief of the disciples, the skepticism of Thomas, the Emmaus road that led to a dinner revelation. I mean, in all of these places, resurrection has sprung up in small, unexpected places. There was no dove descending from the heavens or a fire by night. There was just, just simply a man who caught them by surprise when they were unsuspecting. So the resurrection, in a way, cracked the world open, and, and heaven is everywhere now. So uh, in an interview in Vogue magazine, the duo was asked where the name of their band comes from. So some thought it was a line from the movie Jaws, but Abner shared a different origin. He said that when Amanda was a kid, she had a fish named Johnny. 
And one morning, her mom discovered it had died and was trying to get rid of it before Amanda found out. But Amanda saw it and kept saying, no, wait, he's alive. Johnny, swim. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So then the interview asked Amanda if that story was true. Yeah. And Amanda said, definitely not. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) And Abner said that the real story is not as fun. And so they just keep making up stories anytime someone asks them to circulate. (laughs) That's amazing. And I love this story that he shared in Vogue magazine for a couple of reasons. Um, Number one is that we did recently buy a fish for my four-year-old daughter for her birthday. But a few days after we brought the fish home, it died. Mm-hmm. So we did what any respectable parent would do and kept that information from her and bought mm-hmm. a replacement fish. Yeah, you lied for sure. For yeah. sure. Um, well, that one promptly died as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I think I was more devastated by the fish death than her, honestly. Um, she was mostly like, well, you know, it happens. Goodbye. Moving on. Um, but I also love that Johnny Swim, that, you know, Abner and Amanda are keeping the origin of their band name a secret for another reason. Because... In a way, this is kind of what allegedly happened in the aftermath of the resurrection of Jesus. Different stories circulated. No one could produce evidence of what happened. It was just cloaked in a spirit of mystery. And the thing about mystery is you never know where it's going to pop up. You could be walking one morning early in a garden, the weight of the world on your shoulders, and encounter a resurrection. You could be sitting down to dinner with friends, new and old, and realize that Christ is among you. You might find that heaven is everywhere. I love that so much. <laughs> um, heaven is everywhere. And didn't they record it? Like the music video, the teaser I saw was in like a gas station. Like, oh, yeah. And what's funny too, I mean, this is just a tidbit, but I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh, I know the drummer. Their drummer used to do camps with me when we were in college. Oh my Isn't gosh. that funny? Ricky Johnson. <laughs> yeah. It's just a small world and it's, it's fun. But yeah, I was like, that's Ricky. And they're in a Seven Eleven, and I'm <laughs> very interested in what this song is about. <laughs> Heaven is everywhere. Um, so cool. Well, my second song is called song for the thankful by Avi Kaplan. So song for the thankful is an original track. I'll tell you who Avi is in a second. But uh, Song for the Thankful was produced by Tony Berg, who's worked with Andrew Bird and Phoebe Bridgers to give you kind of the vibe Mm. and was recorded at Sound City Studios in Los Angeles, California. Song for the Thankful is a moving song about the power of gratitude and the light it can bring to one's life. It's built on a bed of an acoustic guitar, pedal steel, and Kaplan's extraordinary, truly extraordinary, grounding baritone voice. Um, So a little bit about Avi. Avi Kaplan is an American singer and songwriter best known for his tenure as the vocal face of the acapella group Pentatonics from 2011 to 2017. As a part of the group, he released five studio albums, won three Grammy Awards, and sold over six million albums. Um, I say that because the way he records music now, it's like you couldn't, I would have never placed him in Pentatonics because wow. his current music is so folksy and and deep and and just a completely different um sound so he was born and raised in california he has two older siblings uh joshua and coop coop actually served as the tour manager for pentatonics from 2012 to 2019 uh kaplan is of russian and ukrainian jewish descent which Mm -hmm. he has said in the past was the cause of a lot of bullying growing up Mm -hmm. um and as a child 
He found solace and loved folk music and frequently went to the nearby Sequoia National Park um, for inspiration. And so after leaving Pentatonix, Kaplan released his solo debut EP, Sage and Stone, in 2017 under the name Avril and the Sequoias. Uh, the EP served as his departure from the pop-based sounds of pentatonics to more more folk-oriented styles. Um, after retiring the stage name and singing with and signing with Fantasy Records, Kaplan released his second EP, "I'll Get By," in February 2020. His debut so- studio album, "Floating on a Dream," is expected to be released uh, this May. So, all of that just background on Avi. This is what Avi had to say about his song "Song for the Thankful." Song for the Thankful is about finding gratitude in every aspect of life, the good and the bad, in the darkness and in the light. There's beauty to be found in all of it. And I hope that anyone who listens can find gratitude, um, regardless of where they're at right now. And so here are some of the opening lyrics. Goodbye darkness, hello to the light. Every morning is an end to a night. Every season is bound to bring a change. There's a new chance given every day, and it brings it back to me. Yeah, it brings it back to me. Cool rainwater and a breeze on my skin. Bless the new air as I breathe it all in. Take it from me like a stream into the sea. Close my eyes and thank the wind and the trees because they bring it back to me. Yeah, they bring it back to me. I love what Avi's saying about nature. Looking around, the wind and the trees and the sea are bringing back to him what he's lost or what he's forgotten. They're reminding him that change happens and that new chances are given every day, that there are tiny resurrections all around us, that new life is sprouting up, allowing us to remember that we are resurrection people. I believe that is Sarah, Rachel Held Evans mm-hmm. says that, yeah, that we're resurrection people. Um, death is not the end of the story. And so it makes me think of, so, okay, so that stands alone, but it makes me think of this poem by Mary Oliver called I Go Down to the Shore. And I'm going to read it. (laughs) Okay. It says, I go down to the shore in the morning and depending on the hour, the waves are rolling in or moving out. And I say, oh, I am miserable. What shall, what should I do? And the sea says, in its lovely voice, excuse me, I have work to do. (laughs) And Mary, like Avi, learned so much from simply being outside. Nature calls me back too and tells me the stories that matter. And the Easter story, the story of spring and sun and birds hatching and waves crashing, it's all there if we have eyes to see it and ears to hear it. And it brings it all back to us over and over wow yeah it's a great song (laughs) I'm so glad I I stumbled upon it I really didn't I mean as I was just like digging into this idea of like resurrection songs I don't know why this one took me more time like to find choice I don't I don't know because I just don't want to settle for like what what you know like low-hanging fruit like songs strictly about the you know actual resurrection of Jesus it's like this needs yeah. to this needs to be different a different offering and I'm really glad I stumbled upon his music um it is his voice is really mesmerizing so mm-hmm. I'm excited for people to listen yeah it makes me think too about like how resurrection is sometimes slow yeah I mean it's like slow work and sometimes happening so slowly that we don't see it fully. 
I'm reading um, Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. And she tells a story where she like moves into this house on a piece of land with her two daughters. She's a single mom. And um, they really like their number one thing that they wanted as kids was to have a pond to swim in. So this land had a pond, but it was just disgusting. I mean, it was like covered in algae. Um, There was like so much green in it. And so she spent probably the next decade or two learning about algae and how to get it from the pond. And the problem was that the pond had too many nutrients. You have to have a perfect balance of nutrients. And she learned like about the aquatic life in there and the trees that hung around it and how the trees got the nutrients from the pond. And she would spend like all of her free time out there, like scraping algae and like digging up seaweed and putting in like different fish that like eat up the algae and how it just became like this ritual that she did with Mm -hmm. her daughters. And she was like, the pond is swimmable now, but my daughters are grown. But she was like, but that work, like she was like, I helped heal that pond, but really it helped heal me. And I know. Oh my gosh. And all throughout the essay, she's saying like, because this is what a good mother does. And like, just the fact that like mothering is like a healing work, that it's a resurrecting work. It's a rehabilitating Mm -hmm. work, you know, and it's slow. I mean, just our work, you know, as you, you and me as moms, like our work is long and, um, not just in the day, but like the task that we've taken on having children. And so I just thought that was really a good thought about how like it's a really embodied experience too you know and it's like registering at a body level that's not fully there in our brain you know like it's and it's speaking to a different kind of wisdom so yeah yeah I was just telling a friend last night that mothering is the most crushing brutal beautiful experience because (laughs) it it sits with me so like so many days I find myself swept up in like the magic of just the complete ordinary. And I think if I do my job well and thoughtfully, this little person will be able to function completely independently and live a happy life just on her own. And I know hopefully, you know, she'll love me and, (laughs) you know, want to be around me and hang out with me, but like she won't need me. And, and I think about the pond and the slow work, the slow work, is what to me it's like that I want that to define my life like if if you you know let's say this person with her pond could have called in experts you know Mm -hmm. to get it cleaned up overnight and just like quick gratifying and then her daughters could swim in it and then you know it's like the option is presented to us especially now just in a culture of like instant gratification Mm -hmm. it's it's not often I have to I have to do this all the time. So I read Mary Oliver's, Oliver's poetry. It's like I want something narrating my life that respects the slow work I'm paying attention to, yeah. because left to my own devices and I don't know, just the pace of the world around me, I feel like it will not get the attention it needs. It won't be respected. Just the the slow, grueling work, but. But that, yeah, that's the, but that's transformative Mm -hmm. and that's the resurrection. It's transformative. It's like reading a different, um, author, Sue Monk Kidd talks in her book, uh, when the heart waits about the magic of butterflies and I won't get in the weeds (laughs) of this, but like how it's truly resurrection, right? It's death and like, Mm -hmm. um, 
choosing to cocoon and how do they know to cocoon, all this, all of this. But um, I guess my point is just the transforming. That is the magic, the process of that transformation. And wow. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Pastor Ashley. <laughs> okay. So my second song is Speak Now by Leslie Odom Jr. So the song is from the movie One Night in Miami, which came out in 2020 and was directed by Regina King. It's a fictional account of February 25th, 1964, where icons Cassius Clay, a.k.a. Muhammad Ali, um, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown gathered in a hotel room to discuss their roles in the civil rights movement. It's a great movie. It's excellent. Um, The men try to parse out how to use their celebrity to advance equality and justice for black people. And they argue and share stories of humiliation and racism. And in the movie, Malcolm X is paranoid, and rightfully so, about the FBI tailing him. And he keeps frantically looking out the window and watching his back. So there's both like a wariness in the movie, but also a resolve among the men. Um, So, and Leslie Odom Jr. plays the legendary singer and producer Sam Cooke in the movie. And you probably know Odom from his role as Aaron Burr from the music Hamilton, musical mm-hmm. Hamilton. Um, he's a man of many talents because in addition to Broadway, his own music career, he is also an actor and songwriter. He wrote Speak Now, um, saying that the song resonates because it captures the sound of the moment. To listen, your time is precious and you're not guaranteed a lot of it. So speak right now in this moment. Use your life, use everything that you are given to make a change and to make a difference right in the moment. So the song goes back and forth between urging the audience to listen, 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 and then to speak now. And he urges us to listen to the echoes of the martyrs praying, the angels singing loud, the message of hope in the whispers of ghosts, and the bells ringing out. And it's definitely not your typical Easter song because uh, it's soulful and moody, but it's hopeful in the tradition of the Black Church. Um, this call to listen is to the this call to listen is to listen to those who have gone before you, to the children who are watching, and to speak to the moment. And there's a line in the song that says, um, "For the children will grow on the seed that we sow. They listen, they listen, oh listen." I swear we'll never find a way to where we're going all alone. Hmm. I know. Um, I know that Easter is a joyous day where we adorn the cross with flowers and we send kids out looking for plastic eggs full of candy and we don our best dresses and shoes and move on with our lives from Lent. But that first Easter had to be eerie and frightening. I imagine a lot of closed doors and hushed voices, paranoid glances out the window, lookouts for Roman guards and suspicious religious leaders. I bet there was a lot of wariness, but at the same time, resolve. And so when I hear this song, I think about kind of the electric energy that must have come after that first Easter. Yeah. Say the line about the the children will grow again. Mm -hmm. It says, for the children will grow on the seed that we sow. They listen, they listen, oh listen. I swear we'll never find a way to where we're going all alone. Hmm. That's so good. I'm I'm yeah. And I, I listened, you showed me this song and I've I've been thinking about it a lot. Um and I'll listen to it a lot on the way to Easter. Yeah, that's an interesting point about the first Easter. I don't know that I've ever heard anybody 
preach on that. <laughs> but he, that's an interesting, you know, it's it's definitely not the the tone of most e- Easter services. We've waited all of Lent to have a party, you know, yeah. and, <laughs> and so, but but it's really important, I think, yeah, to consider what were they experiencing, really? Um, fear, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the Easter account of Mark, if you end with the original manuscript, so Mark goes on a chapter or two um, after where it says this is kind of like the original manuscript. And so um, it ends with the women running away and being afraid. Yeah. And so it doesn't end with like, you know, hanging out with Thomas and the disciples or anything like that. Yeah. It's like, what just happened? I'm afraid. I'm gone. Yeah. And I feel like that, you know, there's there has to be an Easter song for that, you know. Yeah. Ooh. Maybe that's the Easter song Azel Christian Church releases. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. We're so afraid. We're so afraid. <laughs> oh, um, all right. Well, I will share my third pick. This is Good Light by Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. So mm-hmm. I lived in Nashville between like 2014 and 2016, just for a little stint. And Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors were becoming a big name. Um, Drew is married to recording artist Ellie Holcomb, who's pretty big in the like mainstream folk Christian kind of world. And together they've made incredible music that's not only created a huge following on its own, but also landed them in shows like Parenthood, Pretty Little Liars, The Fosters, Nashville, and more. Mm -hmm. Um, The song I've chosen is Good Light, the title track from their February 2013 album. The band released the album through their self-owned imprint, Magnolia Music, and management companies, Good Time Records. Um, the 12-song album debuted number 84 on Billboard Top 200 and landed on several other Billboard charts, including number 5 on Folk Album Charts and number 14 on Independent Albums Charts and on and on. So it got a lot of attention. Um, the band toured heavily, first in direct support of Need to Breathe's U.S. Drive All Night Tour, just kind of contextualizing their vibe, right? <laughs> and Drew later directed, directly supported John Hyatt's, John Hyatt, do you know who this is? Mm-hmm. Have a little faith in me. Oh. As a 90s kid, you got to know John Hyatt. Yes. Yeah, it's like in all of our favorite 90s movies. Uh, John Hyatt's West Coast Tour as a solo performer. John Hyatt, don't sue us for that little blip. Um <laughs> A fun fact, Drew wrote all of these songs on the album during the nine months his wife, Ellie, was pregnant with their first child, which I'm like, okay, we were like frantically trying to get registries in order. I'm like, who has time to write? (laughs) And he wrote 40 songs and then like narrowed those down in these nine months. So I I don't know how that happened or I don't know. Anyway, also side note, just to give you an idea of how painfully cool Drew and Ellie Holcomb are, their kids' names are Emmy Lou, Huck, and River. So there's that. (laughs) Um, so about good light, this song is every bit as it's just, it's a Southern rock song to its core, uh, which is kind of different for me. I know I'm usually like ballads, right? Uh, but this is a Southern rock song and it starts with a country twangy guitar and harmonica and fills with smooth vocals and upbeat lyrics about seeing the good in everyone. The first two songs I shared are about how nature and creation can wake us up to the beauty of God all around us, reminding us of truths like resurrection. This song is more about how we as people have the opportunity to do that for each other, to call out the light we see in each other and kind of bring each other back to life. So here are some of the lyrics. You've been looking for a rhyme and reason. The confusion is dragging you down. You got lost in the chaos. You got lost in the ashes and dust. 
What you need is someone to trust. Hey, there's a good light shining in you. There's a magic in your eyes. There's a good light shining through. I don't know where this came from or who said this to me, but I often say to my friends, I like the way they see me. Mm. And I know I've, I think I've heard you say that too, Ashley. Um, but I like the way they see me. And have you ever, I mean, this is rhetorical, but have you ever been so in your own head that your worldview is twisted up by all the stories you're telling yourself? Like mm-hmm. I am there daily. I'll get so in my own world that I'll convince myself I'm so misunderstood, alone, or even unloved. And there are people in my life who love and know me, who can find me in those dark, lonely places and tell me, like the song says, there's a magic in your eyes. And they can remind me that whatever I'm thinking or feeling is for a moment and not forever, that there's a good light in me and it's shining through, even if I can't see it or feel it, that it's there. And to me, that is resurrection power like waking me up to the light of Christ that is within me. And sometimes remembering is the most powerful thing. It changes the way I see myself and how I see others and how I move in the world. And that line, you got lost in the ashes and dust, it almost feels like convicting to me. (laughs) I'm so comfortable with Ash Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I can talk about how life is tough. I can sit with my disappointment and even contemplate my mortality. (laughs) But here with Easter, we're given the opportunity to hope. And making that shift to hope is scary and it's vulnerable. But we do it every year on the church calendar. It's staring back at us, you know, and it's there every moment of every day in our walk as Christians, as followers of Jesus hoping and believing that things aren't forever lost to ashes and dust, that there is life beyond what seems like an end, that there is light coming to meet us even in the heaviest darkness, that no matter what, there is resurrection, even if it's not the kind of resurrection we plan for, you know, that it's, that it's there. And, and I think about that Easter morning, you know, and the women running away and, and there are Easter moments in my life when it just feels like, can I trust this? Like, mm. can I, can I trust this hope? Can I trust this opportunity for joy and rejoicing? And, um, and I think it's like, this song reminds me, this is why we have people in our lives to look at us in the eyes and say like, yes, <laughs> you know, or, or trust that there's a good light in you trust yeah. that there's a good light in us. Um, you know, and that even goes for, you know, justice in the world and the mark, the, the, we are moving the mark together that there's hope for, for justice and hope for a world that is what God wants. And, um, that there's hope. And I think that to me, that is the promise of resurrection. And, um, yeah, it just, it kind of unravels me in the best way. Like kind of reminds me to just take a deep breath. And I've been thinking a lot about Sue Monk kids, butterfly conversation mm-hmm. and like just the act of the butterfly just trusting you know and and not really knowing the outcome you know mm. and and putting ourselves in that position I don't who knows who knows what resurrection will mean um in every moment of every day but but we can hope yeah I mean I feel like this is an argument or like yeah an argument for ecclesiology the theology mm. of church yeah you know like yeah. why do we keep gathering and 
I mean, hope is socially mediated. It can't be bought or acquired. It can only be shared. Yeah. And so, you know, by gathering together, we help each other believe and we hold each other up and buoy one another up in hope. Um, And so I love this idea of like, I love the way you see me and I can see the good light in you. Um, Because I think that that's a worthy reason to go to church. I mean, I I think that, you know, the more altruistic reasons of, you know, wanting to do good in the world and like encounter God, those are great reasons, but sometimes they're not enough for us. And um, sometimes it can just be to get a little, get a little hope, you know, yeah, get a little bit of love. And um, I think that that's, that's a holy reason. Yeah. I do too. To be seen, you know, Mm -hmm. to be seen and not, not in a space where I've, you know, I work at church. Yes. But like, let's assume it's assume everybody coming here is just coming to church. You know, yeah. it's like I'm coming for no other reason than to worship and to, to be seen that I'm here, you know, just mm-hmm. to, just to be seen and, and known. And yeah, it's, it's the longer I'm at Azel Christian church in particular, the more and more important and like, like desperately important it feels mm-hmm. for people to get to experience that with mm-hmm. each other. Um, yeah. And going back, you know, I can't stop thinking about the seeds we plant our children will will grow from is that kind mm-hmm. of the idea you know just it's beyond memorizing bible verses it's beyond you know i i bring my daughter to church so that people can see the good light in her yeah and they can they can talk about it you know and mm-hmm. they can they can i just think i want i want her to grow from that place of there's there's a good light in you you know and that's such a value of this church and um yeah i'm just so so grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. All right. What's your third pick, Ashley? All right. My final song is Everything New, the Sessions version by John Mark McMillan and the War and Treaty. Mm-hmm. So I wrote that this is me branching out. It's still like folksy and stuff, so it's yeah. probably not. But it feels <laughs> like it's branching out for me um, because it has a country twang and could easily have been sung in my youth group of old. Um, but there's some big caveats. Okay, so John Mark McMillan is an American singer, songwriter, and musician, and you probably know him for his platinum-selling song, How He Loves, Mm -hmm. which has been covered by everybody. Um, And he has since gone through his own deconstruction phase, being the son of ministers and a CCM darling for so long. Um, So he's kind of a different person, sort of, than his How He Loves version. Um, But The War and Treaty are one of my spring 2022 listens um, because of their hopeful, soulful music. They are a husband and wife duo as well, comprised of Michael Trotter Jr. and Tanya Blount. And they have collaborated with Emmylou Harris, toured with Al Green, and shared stages with Brandi Carlisle and Elvis Costello. Uh, What a resume. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This couple has become the hottest act in Nashville, and for good reason. In an interview with Rolling Stone, Michael shared that he suffered from intense PTSD from his time as a soldier in Iraq. And he shared that he used to play piano in one of Saddam Hussein's abandoned palaces and wrote songs about his battalion's fallen soldiers to help his fellow infantrymen deal with the violence around them. Wow. Yeah. He said, I wasn't interested in songwriting. I was interested in how the hell are we going to move on? Wow. Yeah. So with this emotional vulnerability and Macmillan's folksy clout, The three collaborated on this song, Everything New, the Sessions version. 
So Everything New is a song by Macmillan, and he did a series called Peopled Sessions, a riff on his album Peopled with Dreams, where he invited musicians to join him for songs from his Peopled with Dreams album. And so this song with the Warren Treaty begins, I can feel your power love, even in the hours of the beckoning day or the darkening night, because you are making all things new. Like sounds of a baby crying, light breaks over your horizon. I'm caught in the fall and rise of your tide. Like mountains born in fire, born again by your desire. I'm caught in the heart of the world you conspire because you are making all things new. So for me, I think this is a classic Easter song. I mean, this is something that we'd sing in church on Easter and no one would be weirded out. Yeah. Um, This song makes me think of resurrection for obvious reasons. I mean, in the light of Easter, God is making everything new. But I appreciate the nods to the fact that Easter does not whitewash all that has happened. I mean, from the mentions of the night to the tide to the crucible of fire, newness and birth and life come from a gritty place. And they sing, I'm caught in the heart of the world you conspire. And it's like resurrection, the reign of God, God with us is this cosmic conspiring for goodness and love. So this song for me is like a prayer. I mean, in the sound of laughter or tears, in the light on the horizon, in a conversation, Christ is making all things new. And that's, I mean, that's the promise of Easter. Yeah, it is. Ashley, this has been amazing. As we end all of our Music Monday podcasts, I would like to ask you, Ashley, would you uh, give us a benediction? Absolutely. Um, So I invite you to come to a place of stillness and groundedness. Um, My benediction for today comes from the poem by Wendell Berry, Manifesto, The Mad Farmer Liberation Front. And I've just taken pieces of the poem because it's a long poem. So receive this benediction. So friends, every day do something that won't compute. Love the Lord. Love the world. Work for nothing. Take all that you have and be poor. Love someone who does not deserve it. Ask the questions that have no answers. Invest in the millennium. Plant sequoias. Say that your main crop is the forest that you did not plant and that you will not live to harvest. And put your faith in the two inches of humus that will build under the trees every thousand years. Expect the end of the world and laugh. Laughter is immeasurable. Be joyful, though you have considered all the facts, and practice resurrection. Amen. Go in peace.